Welcome to the Solo Women Travel Tribe podcast, where life coach and solo travel expert, Zena, teaches you how to feel confident, empowered, and prepared to take on any solo travel experience. Here is your host, who is not afraid to say it like it is, Zena Jones. Hello, 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 my friends, and happy new year. This will be the first episode that drops at the beginning of 2022. I don't know about you, but I had a little bit of time off and it was so good for the soul. Had a little staycation (laughs) here at home and it was beautiful. I spent a lot of time reflecting on 2021, what I was able to create and achieve and why I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve and some reflection and goal setting and making some intentions and plans for the new year and I'm just feeling so good (laughs) so I hope that you are too and you are starting 2022 with a bang speaking of a bang I have got such a treat for you all today one of my good friends and fellow coach colleagues Michelle Runnels has come on the podcast and we recorded a super fun episode today. Now, it was really hard to create a title for this because there's so much that we cover and talk about. But I think some of the main points are really like better understanding ourselves as a woman and how we operate and function in society, especially when it comes to our relationships, both with men and with women and with making new friends, which is a bit of a theme at the moment as the week After this, after this episode airs, I plan to share with you what I have learned through my own friend experiment, my own journey of making new friends and supporting my clients with making friends as well. So we talk about that, how to make friends as an adult. And we also talk about this incredible concept, which I had, I learned through Michelle, which is called relational aggression. So good, definitely better helps understand how how we function as women and how we try to um, hurt other women or how we would hurt men, that kind of thing. So very juicy stuff. I learned so much from Michelle, from this conversation, from all of our interactions, and I know that you guys will too. Now, before I do an introduction for Michelle, I do just want to point out that I am fully aware many of the women listening to this podcast are single and a lot of whom are also child free, right? And I respect that and I just want to acknowledge that ahead of introducing Michelle, who is a parenting expert for mums. Now, I want you to understand that this conversation is going to be incredibly valuable to you whether you have children, whether you consider yourself a mum or a parenting figure of some sort, whether or not you are in a relationship with anyone, regardless of all of that, this really is such a good, valuable conversation about how we as women are wired and how we operate in the world. Okay, it is valuable, especially if you have got value out of this podcast before, my friends, this is some really good shit. (laughs) So I do just want to acknowledge that ahead of my introduction for the incredible Michelle. So let me tell you a little bit more about her. Michelle Runnels is a parenting expert and a life coach for mums. She is passionate about helping women with children create a life all their own that brings them satisfaction, fulfillment, and joy, 
right? She supports her clients by offering insights to into child psychology, neuroscience, as well as cutting edge parenting tools and techniques that bring more cooperation, connection, collaboration, and trust. She has 17 years of experience as a certified parent educator. Her own proprietary parenting toolkit for tween, teen, and young adults. Six years life coaching experience and a master's degree in spiritual psychology. What? And is pursuing a certification in Martha Beck's Wayfinder Life Coaching Method. So my friends, I really want you to enjoy this incredible and powerful conversation with my friend and colleague, Michelle. There are so many gems in this episode. Have a pen and paper handy, all right? Now, be sure to listen through to the end where she talks about where you can find her and connect with her. And I will be putting all of her social links in the show notes below this episode as well. All right, enjoy my friends. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to have my friend and colleague Michelle here with us today to talk a little bit about the way that we interact as women making friends as adults which is a topic we have been discussing a little bit lately and a whole host of other good things. So welcome Michelle. I would love for you to start by giving us a little bit of an introduction telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thank you, Zena. I'm so happy to be here. I think you're so amazing. And um, I just love your energy. I love you. Um, one of the greatest blessings I have as a coach is having met people like you. And so that's such a cool thing in the community to be able to have conversations like the one we're about to have, where we just like, just thinking and trying to help figure stuff out for people. It's super cool. Um, so I am a, um, I am a parenting expert and life coach for moms. I um, have been a certified parenting instructor for uh, 17 years now. And I became a coach, life coach six years ago, and um, was just kind of working to integrate the life coaching into my practice. Um, I'd always kind of had to work on mindset stuff with people because it's so hard to hear, all right, this is what's happening. This is why. This is the goal that you've outlined. And then this is what you do. And if your brain isn't online for it, then it's just like, you know, getting a board game for Christmas that you never read the instructions for. You have all the pieces, you get it, but you just don't really know how to actually engage yourself into playing the game, understanding what it means to get the rewards of playing the game, and then to just become a master of the game where you're just applying everything different times you win I win they win you know whatever so um so I was coaching anyway and um I just decided wow I really want more tools for this so then I went and I got a master's in spiritual psychology it was a two-year degree and um the great part about that is that it's not just the idea of like what's going on it's also like big questions like why am I here what's my purpose um, what does this mean? What makes me happy? And um, those larger questions really fueled my desire to help women, to help mm -hmm. women, particularly women who have the experience of needing to take care of children. Because when we are taking care of children, there's just this natural ferocity that kind of comes forward in us that we've never experienced before. 
it's this sense of like, well, why did I just want to like push down a three-year-old? Well, because he pushed down my three-year-old and anyone in their right mind would never want to lay hands on a three-year-old. <laughs> but all of a sudden as a mom, you're like, what? Look, you kid. And you're literally talking to like, uh, like something that was born three years ago, but you have this ferocity about you and it totally undermines every other version of yourself you've ever had. The version of yourself that's, you know, collaborative and the version of yourself that's cooperative and the version of yourself that really needs other people's approval and praise. And meanwhile, you're here and you're like, I just want resources and safety and everything, all the things out there for my kid. And I'll rip it out of your hands to give it to this kid. Or how can I figure out how to give it to them? Yeah. And so, um, so I just feel like sometimes we have a really hard time integrating those two sides of ourselves, knowing what to quiet, knowing what's just crazy primal thinking, and then knowing who our higher self is. And then in the middle of that, knowing who we are and who we want to be and what who we want to keep growing as. Because yeah. becoming a mom, you dissolve a little bit into it as you get pulled in this direction of like providing, providing, you know, securing, securing for your child. Something you just said I want to speak to, which is like, I really resonate with how you like, you turn into someone else for the kid, right? So my partner has three boys and the middle one has special needs. And he came home yesterday and he said that these two boys were picking on him and being mean to him. And I got so upset. Like I was like, who are they? What are their names? Where do I find them? I want to go down there and I want to do some bad stuff. And it's not the first time it's happened. But what I was going to say to that is I also feel that way about the people that I love and care about anytime they get hurt. Like if somebody does something awful to like, you know, like my niece, for example, or another family member or, or any, like even my best friends, I'm like, who are they? Where do they live? Get in the car. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. The only difference with the older ones is we have to convince them to agree with us. Like, don't you want to, don't you want to, don't you deserve? No, no, no. Why? Why? But with our kids, we're like, yeah, just sit back there. <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of this. Yeah. I'll do and that. <laughs> I'll do it. I got it. I got it. I know how the world works. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. So you and I have had some really good, interesting conversations lately around how women interact with each other, which I'm really curious to explore a little bit more. So a couple of the things we've talked about is like how women hurt each other and some of the challenges that we face when it comes to like making friends and creating genuine connections, not just that kind of like surface level connection. So I would really love for us to unpack and explore all of that. Can you start by talking a little bit about like the primal thinking and how the female brain operates and responds? Sure. Great. So, um, so, um, if we go back to like loincloth and cave days, um, basically foundationally as animals, as animals, just like lions, right? The guy, the, the, you know, the male lion lays around and the female lion goes and gets the meat, it's just the way things were. Well, with humans, the women stayed in a pod together, protecting each other, making sure that they were safe. And the men went out and were risking their well-being in order to bring home resources, big resources, lots of calories, lots of fat. The women were out collecting berries and all of the other stuff, all of the stuff that's maybe a little bit more fun to eat, 
um, but uh, isn't going to have the caloric intake of what the men were bringing back in terms of hunting, right? So the girls, the girls, the women were the, ga the gatherers and the men were the hunters. And um, the men who were the hunters, as youngsters, the way that they practiced to become, you know, strong and prove that their DNA was worthy of being spread was risk-taking behavior. Mm -hmm. They would climb trees and chase things and get bitten by poisonous snakes. Oops, we lost a boy, right? They'd fall off cliffs. Oops, we lost a man. <laughs> they'd get stampeded. Oh, we lost a couple guys. And in terms of obviously death or dismemberment, that's really sad, but in terms of survival of the human species, that didn't really matter because two men can create an entire tribe. And but women, you need a lot of female bodies to literally create more humans. So we were programmed to protect ourselves physically. We were programmed to stay together. We were also programmed to do whatever we needed to do to make sure that the tribe kept us close. And part of that is ingratiating behavior, right? It's about pleasing. It's about wanting to be useful, wanting to contribute. It's about wanting other people to like us. Whereas with men, it's about resources and strength. My value comes in the resources I bring back and how strong I am and capable I am of repeating that over and over and over again. And so that explains a lot about like how generally, right, stereotypically, the stereotypical biological male who has the tendencies of a biological male, um, goes after the carrot. They're constantly looking for the reward, reward, reward. And they just want to bring the, their rewards home and have their rewards. And they're also, they easily kind of share their rewards. Maybe not all of them, but idea of like providing for is kind of very masculine. Mm -hmm. Women, on the other hand, right? We are, we chase after relationships. We have a tendency to want, we are great networkers. We have a tendency to want to make friends, be in groups, have relationships where we feel safe, we feel seen, somebody has our back. And that makes us feel safe and valuable is when people like us, when we're not on our own, when we're not there with our child out in the middle of the savannah because no one told us we were all going into the cave and there we are super vulnerable. Mm -hmm. If a man's like that, he just grabs a stick and runs back to the cave, but a woman in that moment feels so vulnerable. And so, and of course, this is all primal thinking. It's like super like an appendix. Like we do not need this thinking anymore. And I work with my clients a lot on uprooting that old thinking that we need other people's approval and all of this in order to have what we want. Mm. Um, but also the thinking that we can't be in relationship and have what we want because it's the caring that gets in the way, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the idea that we can care and create a relationship, but we can also know exactly what we want and put that first. So one of the things about, about male, males and females is, you know, even within the tribe, there's a pecking order. There's competition within the tribe. Who's going to get the most resources? Who's going to have their DNA spread, right? And so when men have aggression to figure out the hierarchy, their aggression is physical aggression because their bodies aren't as important. If they end up dead or damaged, it doesn't matter. So they literally can go after each other physically. And we see our little boys and teenagers and even grown men doing that really easily, really abruptly. But for women, 
since this is our focus, we don't default to physical aggression. It's not like we teach our dog, we're pulling our daughters off of their friends all the time, like we do with our boys, right? Yeah. We default to relational aggression, which looks like gossip, which looks like silent treatment, which looks like meanness, mean words, mean like facial expressions, right? Verbal or nonverbal cues that you are out. You, we are not with you. I'm not with you and we are not with you anymore. You're on your own. You're alone in the Savannah. And that brings up all kinds of panic in us yeah. when we've been kicked out. Yeah. That's so fascinating because I almost think like it would be easier just to fight it out and move on. <laughs> Absolutely. But we are set, but we like, we protect our bodies yeah. because our bodies literally are the generators of the species. Mm. So we're pro, like, if you ever were, if you were somewhere in a bar and a guy kicked another guy in the stomach, you'd be like, oh, there's a fight. What happened? If a woman kicked another woman in the stomach, it'd be like, <gasps> who are these people? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't even understand these people. Yeah. What kind of people are these? Yeah. Like, like not just like there's a fight. It would be like, whoa, oh my God, my brain's about to explode. What, what needs to, who do these humans need to be in order to do this to each other? Yeah. Or if a man hits a woman, like if a woman hits a man, it's like, wow, she's aggressive or mm, he said something sassy. Right. Mm -hmm. But if a, if a woman, if a man hits a woman, forget it. And we think our default is because she's weaker, which I totally don't think is true. But the truth is, is you don't hurt. You don't hurt that. That's an attack on the species. Mm. This is so fascinating. I'm curious, how do, you, how do you think it like ties together when it comes to like females making new friends and that relational aggression that you were kind of speaking of? Because I know there's a lot of kind of fear of being rejected or not being accepted when you go out to kind of make new friends or connect with new people. What are your thoughts? So it's really interesting that we're having this conversation now. This weekend I was thinking about us having this conversation because I literally just got back from a retreat with a bunch of other like amazing coaches. It was in the U.S. I wish you lived closer because I know you. <laughs> It was associated to uh, a mastermind group that I'm, I'm in that I'm, you know, I would love for you to be into, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, but um, I was with these women who are in different stages of creating the business that they want, making the impact that they want, living the lifestyle that they want, and um, and getting, disseminating their message the way that they want and helping people, like really helping to change the world through coaching, which I, and I know you agree, is like life-changing. It's not about fixing us. It's about helping us acclimate to what it means to be human and then really mm -hmm. do a really great job leveraging all of, the, all of the amazing qualities there are of being a human being and getting our, our thinking and our feeling and our beliefs out of the way so that we can create magic, the magic we want to create. And I was with these women and I just, I started crying at one point because I was in a room with other women. I, I didn't feel jealous. 
Mm. I didn't feel envious. I didn't feel guarded. I was totally vulnerable with my, my, um, the things I was proud of, the things I was insecure about. I was comfortable with my questions, with confusion I had. I was comfortable with clarity that I had to share, like ideas I had, clarity that I had. And I was sitting there saying, wow, this is like, you know, <laughs> this is like, where, where does, where does Wonder Woman come from? I forgot again, like wherever she comes from, right? <laughs> the Isle of Lesbos of whatever, you know, um, yeah. Wonder Woman, where yeah. it's like all women all of the time. And a lot of it comes from us buying for resources because of a sense of scarcity. And the irony is women believe that we, we believe we experience scarcity more than men. We believe that we need others. And the truth yeah. is, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Cause that's something I'm actually coaching a client on this at the moment is like that primal need for human connection. And I think, yeah, our, our men and women wired differently in that way. And women want that connection more than say men do. Yeah. yeah. Men want companionship. We want safety. Mm. So when we're in a relationship that makes us feel safe, we feel relaxed. When we're, let's say, teenagers and we're all we're trying to figure all of that out, like the teen, when you look at the teenage female brain on puberty and adolescence, it's on fire. And even when they look like they're having fun, you can see that some of the the that um, there's activity in the limbic system, basically the fight or flight response, while they're measuring how they're coming off. Mm. Right? So they're having fun and laughing, but they're like, how is that joke received? Why didn't that girl laugh, right? Oh wait, why is that girl walking away? Did I not impress her? I really want her as my friend. Mm -hmm. And so there's this weird kind of like complex dynamic we have about friendships. And part of it is this sense of lack. Like there's a limited amount of resources to go around. Who's gonna be the girl to get, to get access to it? Not to generate it, but to get access to it. I wanna be close to her or I wanna be her. And this, of course, we're talking about younger, but it, it, it's about us too, you know? It's about us too, even at our age. One thing that you just said was like the companionship versus the security. And I want to like speak to that for a minute because what's so interesting is like when I was single for 10 years, I felt very much secure in my ability to provide for myself, to take care of myself, to travel the world solo, all of the things. Is, is that you think just because of the mindset that I had created for myself or do you think that, yeah, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that because although I'm in a relationship now, a committed relationship, I don't feel like my security necessarily has changed. I guess I haven't really thought about that. Mm -hmm. So I would offer that there's, and I don't know what, how you're feeling, mm -hmm. But oftentimes when women are independent, there's a level of independence. That level of independence often takes us out of this primal patterning because this is the unknown. A woman yeah. on her own, creating her own resources, right? It's the new, it's totally the new paradigm. 
Yeah. When, when we're in that new paradigm, there's almost this sense of like lightness and freedom that comes with it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, right. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's so satisfying. It's so satisfying. Yeah. And it's also super liberating. Like it feels different than it felt being in, you know, being 13, being 18, yeah. being 23. Yeah. When we're in that place where we're like, I'm, I'm not like, I call my own shots. Like I don't need grades. I don't need to sit in a classroom with all those people. I work, but I show up and I leave. I'm not in a community like college or high school or middle school. Like I'm not sure I choose my people and I'm the one providing for myself. Mm. When women get to that place and they're satisfied, right? Sometimes women are on a mission. They want to get married and have kids. They're dissatisfied with that, right? Um, but when we're satisfied, when we're allowed to be satisfied in that space, it's a new, totally new feeling. Mm. It feels really light and freeing. When we get into relationship, right? And even, even same-sex relationships, oftentimes what happens is we have a sense of being connected to. Mm. It's not accompanied by, it's connected to. So I, there's this- Sorry, I was just gonna say, I used this really great analogy the other day that I wanna throw in there. Oh yeah, I wanna hear it. So, I was saying to somebody, I feel like, I don't know why oranges comes to mind, but it did. I'm a whole orange and my partner's a whole orange and we come together and we have two oranges. Whereas I feel like a lot of people are like, I'm half an orange and I'm looking for my other half. And there's another half over there and we get together and we make a whole. Like, right. That was my analogy. Totally. I love it. I love it. But I, I want to just throw this in there since we're having a conversation. Perhaps part of the reason that you're two oranges is because he has children that aren't yours. So there's this real clear sense of him, him being separate from you. There's not this sense of like, we're going to come together and who knows what's going to happen. There's a real clear sense. We come together and then I'm responsible for that. Mm. Yeah, interesting. I can see how how that could be true in that like he has his own life and I have my own life and that's already very well established and then we come together and we have a life together as well right but also if you have a life together it means you're also accepting the complexities of his life yeah for sure yeah yeah. And so it's becomes instead of it being this instinctual thing it becomes a lot about intellectual choice do you think this is where some women get stuck is that they feel like they are dependent on that other person, like for survival? Unconsciously. Yeah, unconsciously. Well, like they feel like the only way that they can, when they're, when they're, when they come together, mm. there is an unconscious primal desire to be dependent. Mm. I actually coached somebody on this today. And not, not, like, I'm dumb, you're smart. Like, I'm, I'm weak, you're strong, right? It's very primal. It's that you're you. Now I have someone to care for me, to provide for me. Like, in a very way, like, provide for me. Mm. And go ahead. I was just going to say, one of the ways I see this show up for my clients is because a lot of my clients come to me and they want to find someone to share their life with. And 
one of the things that they really would like is to have somebody to be able to share making decisions with because it's going to like take the pressure off make it easier and more comfortable and all of the things so i would say that they think that collaboration makes makes better decisions Mm. also i would say this women struggle to know exactly what they want yeah and men don't i would agree so then the idea of like, oh, I, men making decisions with men is so much easier. A lot of times what we imagine isn't boardroom, right? We don't imagine the boardroom collaborating to get to the best decision. What we imagine is us sitting there going, huh, I wonder, and them saying, this is our budget. Oh, okay, I can work with that. Or these are the dates I can go. Oh, okay, I can work. And they start shrinking the parameters Mm. To the point where we're like, now it's just the creative process. I can find the tickets and I can do it and I can do all of the gathering. Mm. But they create, they look to men to create the safe structure to say, here's the container you are going to work in. Mm. And it's like, okay, great. Now I can just go and collect berries all day and I'll be totally fine. And you've given me the container I need to know how to make my, now how to progress. And so when fights happen in male female relationships and I'm, I'm straight, I'm a straight woman. So I'm not sure how this works in same sex relationships. So I'm not trying to not speak to that. It's just, I don't have experience with that. Sure. Um, is, uh, is that, um, when we go to them and we say, let's make a decision and they say, go ahead and do it yourself. We feel pushed away. We feel rejected. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. Like they say, go out, come with, we're like, come with me at night to go and pick the berries. And they're like, you go by yourself. And you're like, what? But it's dark out there. And they're like, you'll be fine. <laughs> and you're like, what? Or if you're me, you're like, watch me then. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're just like, so we're leaving on the 13th. I can't leave on the 13th. I've got a meeting. Well, too bad for you. I asked you. And then we just get really defensive. Yeah. Like, sorry, you ate the poisonous berry, dick. Yeah. <laughs> too bad for you. I get, I get nasty. You. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You should have told me. But so you didn't. I'm curious, like, what would be like, if you see this in yourself, if you're resonating with this right now and you're like, oh, wow, like I can really see that. Yeah, I do want someone for that security. And perhaps I don't necessarily like my reason for that, or I can kind of see that underlying pattern in me. What would you say to that person? Like, how can you kind of make some changes if that's not necessarily what you want to lean towards? Yeah. First, I'd say laugh, like really find yourself freaking funny because it's crazy. Yeah. Like it's crazy. How we, how we operate as humans and, and how it is so much like back in the day in the cave, it is pretty fucking funny. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, so wait, so wait, like if I were an alien coming down and this one was like, he hurt me, I don't know. And I, I would be like, okay, well, he's obviously not, not the right one. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll work it out. And this is coming from someone who was married for 21 years, right? Like I I'm getting a very amicable, very awesome divorce with my husband. No lawyers involved. Like we're we're good. We've 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 we're calling it our mexit, our marriage exit. Like 
we're good. Like we've made our beautiful children. They're older now. Like we're this, there's, it's just not, it's just, you know, it can't, it's not going to last, right? It's, it's our happiness is not going to exist if we stay together. So, so, um, after a lot of hard work and dedication, we've come out as friends and we're fine. So I'm just saying from, from experience, 21 years of marriage, um, I can say that it's like, it gets to a point where it's like, it's not working. It's not working. It's like, well, why don't you just, why don't you make a decision, right? A, a decision that requires action, like mm -hmm. measurable action. And, um, and the response is, well, no, I'll try harder. I'll do some, I probably have a book I can read. I probably have a class I can take. I can probably talk to some people. I can fix this. I can fix this because the relational part of every relationship lands on the woman, mm. stereotypically, mm. right? Like if it were, if it were, we don't have enough money to get a new car that we need, right? A woman might be like, I'll fix it. But more than likely she'd be like, look at the guy and be like, where are we going to get the money? Mm. And I'm not saying this is working for us. I'm not, I'm not saying we're stuck here. I'm saying we can move out of it. But the first thing that's required is a real sense of humor and hilarity at the whole thing, right? Like, like even when I look at myself, I have hold, I hold me 10 years ago in so much love and adoration because that woman was doing the best she knew how to do. And it got her to where she is today because I was like working to do this, doing re reading these books and studying these neurosciences, trying to figure out like how to fix my brain because I wasn't getting along with this guy that I had had children with and was married to, right? But still just in terms of just the facts, right? And the truth was we just weren't getting along. Mm. And that could have actually been okay. Like we don't get along, all right, you'll figure it out. But instead, because we didn't get along, my first judgment was there's something wrong with me. What can I do? What can I do differently to fix it? Mm. And yes. that's how we are in female relationships. I think that that happens very quickly and easily is like, yeah, we take it on. What's wrong with me? What do I need to do to create, right. to make it right? Because yeah. the quality of the relationship is more important to us than it is to men. So would you say that just being aware of how our brain operates, like you're saying, like have a good laugh at yourself and seeing that you have that kind of instinctual pattern from back in the day in you, that that is, because for me, like that was very, like when we talked about it, I was like, oh, makes so much sense. Like it was just like, oh, I can offer myself so much compassion from seeing why I operate the way I operate or why my clients operate the way they operate. I'm like, why we as women do what we do. Like it just makes so much sense just knowing it. Right. Absolutely. Ab, that's exactly it. Yeah. And also this sense of like, so do you want to be different? Yeah. How, how is it working for you? Like yeah. some people have beautiful, beautiful relationships based on that. Yeah. Beautiful relationships where the husband is the provider or the one who provides more or the one who's expected to provide. Mm. Right. And the wife either doesn't earn as much or chooses not to earn as much because of the structure that it, it's working like that, or this is what she believes. So consciously or not, she's limiting her ability to bring home resources like that. And she manages the relationships 
right? She creates the social life. He makes her feel safe and taken care of. Mm-hmm. And it's a very traditional structure in this, that sense, but it's a very healthy structure because everyone is being a hundred percent in that structure. Mm-hmm. What starts to break down is when the woman wants more than the man's able to give. Mm-hmm. And he feels like, um, he feels uh, emasculated, mm-hmm. right? Or the man doesn't want to be emotionally involved and the woman feels completely like betrayed and rejected and alone and unsafe Mm. and less than, right? So she feels, she feels like she's been rejected. She's not good enough. She's not, she Mm. doesn't have a cave because he's emotionally distant and won't give her the relationship that gives her safety. Yeah. And then here when the woman's, and so some people are like, well, I'm just, I really just want to like let my man earn what he's going to earn right? To, to be able to be, to be able to feel safe. I, I'm the bad one. But what I would want to offer is this is like, honey, you can go out and you can create as much treasure as you want in whatever way you want. You do not need to go out and get a job or you can just figure out a way what's missing. And then just say, I'm going to generate it. And granted the mindset needs to be shifted, but sometimes we don't just need to suck it up and deal. Yeah. You know, well, I'm just going to suck it up and deal with the fact that he's emotionally distant. I'm just going to have a really great friend group that supports me. It's like, no, you can be like, you know what? This relationship not working for me this way. You need to open up or I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then the other way too, right? To be able to say, well, I can't ask him to make more money. Like, what about me? Like, how can I contribute? Mm-hmm. Or how can I just be like, I don't really want to work, but I'm just going to accept this. Like, it's not like I got the loser in the tribe, <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not not special because I, I don't have the guy who can provide me with a 13 bedroom house. Yeah. Right? It's just that we can't take a vacation, a big vacation every year. We have to do it every other year. So can I live with that? Like, what's this, what am I saying it's making about my worthiness that, yeah. and then if I, if I want more, literally, well, why can't I generate more? Yeah. And I think that that's Am I making right. sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I was just going to add is I think for like a lot of my um, clients and the women who will listen to this podcast is that they, I think that sometimes they kind of struggle with that probably primal instinct to do life in that way and to kind of follow the the need for or the desire for security and what have you and having a relationship and having kids but also a part of them is very much like they want to have an unconventional life they want to do things that are a little bit different right not necessarily mainstream but part of them's like oh nope you should go over there but they're like no actually part of me doesn't necessarily want that and it's like kind of like a tug of war inside sometimes it's like oh I would be really nice to go over there and do that and you know perhaps like live a life on my own or like travel the world solo or what have you but part of me is like oh but I should like settle down and have kids and do all those things right that speaks to that primal kind of innate thing that's kind of wired in us yep yeah and if we don't know why we're wanting it we'll never know how to fill it Mm. so like like I just did a webinar this morning where I did this little triangle 
And it was like, we have children and we frankly, we do most of our life mm-hmm. motivated by one of three different things. It's a mission. I, I, I am going to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor, right? I want to be a mother. I want to be married. I want to live in this area, right? So it becomes the plan or it's a, um, or it's a moment. Oh my God, this, he's the guy, he's the one, right? You know what? I just got fired. I'm moving. I'm leaving. I'm finally going there, right? Or, um, or there's a health scare and it's like, I'm not doing any more of this or I'm doing more of that, right? Mm. So then all of a sudden it's the time. And then the last one is a mess, right? So I'm all speak to the women because I work with, with women with children. So the mess, right? So maybe you're in a crappy relationship or the relationship is boring or non-directional. You're not sure where it's going to go. And a kid sounds like a good idea. It's going to clean the mess yeah. or, right? Or you get pregnant and you're like, well, I'm either going to have like live with this child or not live with this child, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever version of that, that looks like for however women are free to make I believe in freedom to make your own decisions. So whatever that looks like. And if you choose to take the child, well, that cleans up that mess. That's all that, right? Or you receive someone else's child, right? A family member can't take care of their child. And you're like, oh my God, well, that solves that. I'll take the kid. And then all of a sudden it's the solution. Having the child is the solution. So from those reasons, we kind of like, from those, we move forward into this method area where it's like, how am I going to raise this kid? How am I going to do it? 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 And that works for a while. And depending on what tools you use, if you use even like adequate tools where you're not being abusive and kind of like crazy, then you're going to create a pretty good relationship with a young child because, and guess what? Unlike teenagers, they want you, (laughs) but then those tools are going to break under the strain of a teenager who says this relationship isn't necessarily the primary interest of mine. And then we've got this, and everyone wants connection. That's what everyone wants. Connection is what we're going for. So when they're kids, all those methods work for connection. And then when they're teenagers, all of a sudden it breaks. And then there's this gap. And that's kind of where my tools come in. I call it my, my, my triple a formula, like awareness, awareness, um, autonomy. Sorry. I haven't had very much coffee today. I was up early for my webinar. Awareness, autonomy, and action. And that's where that comes in. And that's what we apply. And that's kind of what I like to teach my women is awareness, autonomy, and action. Awareness, autonomy, and action. And that's what we work on them developing. Mm. Because why did I go here? Oh my God, did I just go totally off track? (laughs) No, you're fine. I don't actually remember the question I asked you, but I did want to just switch gears a little bit because it's kind of talked a little bit to like the connection piece. And I do want to talk about like, women making friends as adults which is like a journey that I'm embarking on many of my clients are kind of going through and there's a lot of talk of that being quite hard I would love to kind of hear your thoughts on that any advice or tips that you have and just kind of how that connection piece ties in which I can totally I have one really freaking huge point that I think is like an amazing starting point if you're okay with it bring it One of the biggest, biggest things that kills, kills the opportunity to have a supportive, spiritual, um, uh, intimate and rewarding 
satisfying friendship is when friendships are based on complaining. Mm, totally agree. That is so unsatisfying. But I just, I discovered that after I found coaching and I started kind of exploring how I felt when I walked away from like a catch up or a hangout with a friend or a coffee date where it was centered around talking about somebody else or complaining about our lives. Like I just felt so depleted. Absolutely. And it's exactly my word. When you know that you've been around people who are either eating, drinking, gambling, shopping Mm. to numb Mm. or complaining to dump Mm. and you leave those situations on a high, but then when you come off the high, you don't feel like you've, you've been elevated at all. You don't feel rewarded. The high doesn't, it doesn't last. There's no sustain to it. You know, it's a peak. And that's it. Mm. And you crash from it like sugar or caffeine. Yeah. But when you get into a rewarding conversation, you leave it vibrating. And that vibration has a sustaining quality that leaves you through the day. Like when you and I first became, became friends through our coaching mentor program that we do together, which is super fun. um, I would like look forward to talking to you because I was looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, I would look forward to talking to you because it gave me an opportunity to like put on mascara and put on lipstick and do my hair and like what I was going to wear and what I was going to like, how I was going to come off and be received. I wasn't thinking about me. I was thinking about you and not how you would receive me. I was thinking about how I would receive you. Like, oh, ah, what are we going to talk about? I can't wait. And then we got together and we talked and afterwards I'm like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. I'm so Zina, 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 Zina. <laughs> but it is like when we connect and we leave and I'm like, oh my God, that conversation was so good. And we talked about this and I need to ask her about this and I can't wait till we hang out again. Like it's totally such a, like my cup is overflowing kind of. a Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Overflowing. Yeah. But you don't just have this sense of safety. You're not working with the primal needs. You don't feel like you fit in and that you made yourself fit in. You're not working with primal. You're working with the elevated, the version of us that's a divine being having a human experience. We're feeding each other on a soul level. We're meeting, we're meeting energetically. It's not about meeting needs, like base needs. Make me feel safe. Make me feel seen. It's like we're there and we're elevating each other. And that's the kind of relationships, those are the kind of relationships I'm really wanting to attract right now. Yeah, me too. And it's interesting because in my friend experiment that I'm doing at the moment, like I did kind of put- Which is genius, by the way, it's genius. It's not only genius, it's fucking badass. It's fucking like one of the most courageous things I've seen. I mean, it it requires so much bravery and like self-appreciation to do that. I'm watching you and I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. Oh, so so I just want to say. Oh, wait, like there's plenty more to come on this. But anyway, I was just going to say that um, one of the things I did early on was I posted in a Facebook group, which is like a social kind of a group locally and said, hey, looking at meeting some new people and making some new friends. A couple of people reached out who I, one I met with for coffee, one I went for a beach walk with. Now, like I'd posted a little bit about me, but I didn't know anything about them. They were just keen to hang out. So I did. Now I had like almost nothing in common with these people. Like they obviously resonated with me and what I said, but we didn't really have much to talk about. It was kind of like, 
when you go on a blind date, that's how I felt. It was like when you go on a blind date and it was kind of awkward and uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah, there's not going to be a second date. But then like I have like connected with like friends of friends and other people that I know. And I've kind of like reached out to them and be like, let's go for coffee or hang out. Everyone's been great. And I've gone and I already kind of knew a little bit about them and the similarities and the things that like intrigued me and I wanted to know more about. So already we come in and the conversations like elevated because we're not like talking small talk and like all of that kind of stuff. Right. We're straight into like, yeah, like tell me more about that. Like, I'm so curious, like, how does that work for you? Like, how did you get into that? Like, tell me more. That's so fun. That's so fascinating. Like, and it just, like I had two, I think it was last week. And I like literally like walked away and I was like, I want to hang out with you again. That was fun. (laughs) Right. Real fun. Yeah. Like that was just like really wholesome. Uh uh Yeah. But like, as you were saying, and I'm going to do a whole podcast on this, but like, there is a lot of like obstacles in the way, like there's the fear of rejection and being hurt and, and even like, how much do I tell them and open up and all sorts of things like, yeah. Yeah. And I would also submit perhaps, and we can, we, I want to know what you think about this, but mm. there's also a sense of why. Like, why, why am I doing it? Why, why am I doing it? Yes. Yeah. Like, why? why? What am I looking for? What am I? Because oftentimes women, we, so this is my whole thing, right? Like, <laughs> I heard this set, said once, and I just think it's freaking right on the money. And I wish I could remember where I heard it. So if this is like quoting someone, then sorry, but like men build cathedrals to get closer to God. Mm-hmm. Women just have to look at their bodies. <laughs> like what? We freaking create life. Like we don't need a building to say we're divinity. We're close to divinity. We have, we make humans, mm-hmm. right? Men need proof. Men need to be like, I can scale that and get really high Look at how high I am. See, maybe I'm really powerful. And so we have access to that. That's so powerful, but it also makes it really hard for us to ground in physical world reality, to be able to answer questions like, what do I want? What does it look like? Mm. What does it feel like? Mm. What does it smell like? What does it taste like? Yes. We are, very- are you Go saying ahead. like identifying like, why am I doing it? Why am I setting out to make friends? Like, what am I looking for? And I think the question that leads on to from that is like, how will I know when I've found it? Well, it's like, what do I want? Yeah. What, what do I want? Yeah. If I could design what I'm looking for, what would I want? And yeah. the challenge that we have as women, and I help my clients do this, I've got a methodology for it, is oftentimes it's like, well, what do you want for the relationship? Well, I want him to be nice to me. Okay. You can't do that for yourself right? What do you want? Well, I want, I just want to, I just want to feel, I just want to feel like he loves me. Huh? Okay. So you're asking something of him again, right? Okay. He, you can't do that. You can change how you experience him, but you can't like, he loves me. You'll never know. Like he can say it a million times and sleep around and say it again. I mean, how are you? Right. So it's, it's like, we say these things that are all about feelings feelings and ideas. We don't, we rarely are like, well, what do you, what do you want from him? I want him home every night at 6.30 for dinner. I want him home when he says he's going to be home and I don't want him to be late. And if he's late, I want him to apologize to me. Yeah. I want him to apologize. And if he doesn't apologize to me sincerely, I, if I don't feel it, if he doesn't help me feel it, 
by being contrite. And I'll know because I've known the guy for a really long time. Then I'm just going to have to make a decision based on what that means for me. Do I want to be with a person who rolls in whenever they want and leaves whenever they want? And I'm just here holding down the fort. And I'm here. I'm in integrity with my time. And he's not in integrity with his time. And he doesn't honor my time by even acknowledging that he denied me the time I saved for him. He didn't meet me. But instead, we're like, I just want him to respect me. And I just want him to be nice. And so when our, when our, with our friendships, we feel the same way. So it's like playing ping pong, not ping pong. Yeah, so instead of like, one? oh, like yeah. the, the, um. What's it called? Pinball machine. Pinball, yes. that's it. Because nobody can see us. We're both we're like each other and we're like, and just. I know. It's like playing pinball. Yeah. Like, well, if then, right? Well, if he's nice to you, then what? Well, then I want him to give me presents. Okay, if he doesn't give you a present, then what? Then he wasn't nice enough. Okay, so what do you want? I want him to be nice to me. Okay, what? It's like, what? No, like a present is a thing. Go buy yourself the thing. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Um, one, one thing I was just going to say to that is like, and so instead of like thinking about how you want them to quote unquote make you feel, which is obviously outside of your control. Well, mm-hmm. they don't make you feel a certain way you do but like instead of like how you think you want them to make you feel like one thing I'm to relate this back to the friends experiment one thing I did was like made a list of what I'm looking for like what I want in friends and I want like an intelligent friend I want a friend who challenges me I want a friend who is very very wealthy and like challenges my brain and my mind and my experience around that like I want a friend who is incredibly dramatic and fun and funny and make like you just crack up with like I went through and like made this list and this is like multiple people it doesn't have to be the same person but just that's what I want to like experience more of in my life can I submit something to you yeah go for it I'm curious to hear your thoughts so let's let's think about the first thing on your list right what was it? I think intelligent was the first thing I said to you. Intelligent. But yeah. Okay. How do you experience that? How do you know when you're with somebody who's intelligent? I think because this is how I think about it. They use words that I feel like I have to go away and Google afterwards. Okay. <laughs> like they use like things that I'm not necessarily familiar with. And they like the way they speak is slightly different. And it like challenges me. And usually like it leads on to them like challenging the way I think and perceive things. So what does that do for you when you get your thoughts challenged like that? Um, I, I, it like opens up different possibilities, different ideas. It like generates more creativity for me, creative thinking. Um, I love learning new things. So like if somebody like drops a word in, I'm like, Ooh, I can Google that shit. Like, what does that mean? Like that's so curious. Your curiosity too. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm very curious. Yeah. I would offer that's what you need on your list. I want relationships that make me feel more creative and curious. Mm, Interesting. Instead of defining the qualities you want from them, define the experience you want to have. Okay. So how I want to like feel when I'm in that environment with that person. Yeah. Or just the experience of yourself you have. Because what I'm hearing you say is, I want to leave a relationship feeling, being more creative. Mm. 
creatively inspired. I want to leave a relationship uh, meeting with somebody feeling more curious, yeah. having things that inspire me creatively and having curiosity about what I just learned. Yeah. Because that we can, that we can know immediately because we've been with intelligent people and been like snooze fast. Oh, totally. Or I had this experience once when I was in um, America, actually with a very distant relative who I met for the first time and very intelligent PhD. I don't know all the things. And I just felt so inadequate with the language that he was using. And sometimes I would ask him what he means and he would be like, you can just figure it out from the sentence. I would be like, are you oh, that's so condescending. How can you be a professor? That, and I was like, oh my God, I do not want to be around you. Ew, gross. But like you say, it's not necessarily just like looking for that person who ticks that box, but the feeling that you want to experience, which, you know, you generate being in their presence. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. How it catalyzes you. Yeah. Like, and that's what we forget. So we're like, I want to be around somebody intelligent. Oh, this guy has a PhD. What's wrong with me that I don't appreciate him? I said, this is what I wanted. Yeah. Well, no, you, that's not what you want. You made up a story in your head that intelligent people give you the experience you want. But what if that's not it? Mm. What if you met someone from a foreign country who was a freaking tailor? Mm. And they're like, oh, I grew up in war-torn Vietnam and I made string myself. And you're like, well, can you teach me to make string? Sure, I'd love to teach you to make string. And then you're like, can you teach me how to hem? Oh my God, I'm making my own clothes. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, holy crap, I thought I wanted a PhD professor in neurobiology, but really I've got like the 72 year old tailor from Vietnam who's like make, helping me live a lifelong dream of designing my own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I love your random examples, but like, <laughs> to, to, like, to bring it back to what you were saying about like the why before, it's almost like identify what it is that you want right? What are you looking for? But why do you want it? Like, what do you think it's going to generate and create for you? The opportunities it's going to give you. Yes. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yes. Oh my God. I could talk to you all day about this. I know. I love so you. <laughs> so fun. Like if anyone's listening to this and going like, I wish I had good friends. I just want you to know, like Zena and I are new friends. We've been friends for a lot, like what? Four months, five months. Yeah, I want to say about five, yeah, four or five months. Yeah, and I just, like, I feel so lucky, so blessed to have met you because you give me this. Yeah. Oh, my God, I handstand agree, and I can't wait till we hang out in person. I know. That will be, like, my life is made. I'm complete. See, you need to come here because if I went to New Zealand, I'd be like, okay, so you're going to take me to where Lord of the Rings was filmed, and you're going <laughs> to... It's actually very close to where I live, so... Oh, my God. I got to go there. Yeah, it's, you're gonna be like Michelle was so boring. She just took selfies where where Frodo was the whole time. <laughs> Bring it on! I've been there once with an American friend, and like we had such a blast. I was like, I, I always thought it was really expensive to go to like Hobbiton, it's called, and I was like, I went in and I was like, oh my god, this is the best value ever. This place is amazing. So I know it's like the Disneyland of fantasy, fantasy yeah. literature or something. Yeah. Totally, totally. You've got to come visit, but. 
I just want to like, I want to wrap up by saying a huge thank you. I feel like there is so much value in this conversation and in everything you have shared. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh really my God. Are you kidding me? It's my pleasure. And I want to say one last thing. Like, yeah, please. Nina and I met living our truth, living our passion. Mm. And we came and we were vulnerable and we said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to join other people in this space and just come out and be who I am, like be a hundred percent who I am. And I think that like, and I don't know if you resonate with this, but I think you do. Like, it's a hard thing to all of a sudden say to people, I'm a parenting expert and life coach. Mm -hmm. It's saying I am, this is who I am. Like I am this thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that as women really stand for who they are, right? I'm an athlete. I'm a class A runner. I'm a competitive swimmer right? I'm an incredible baker. I'm a master baker. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an organizer. I'm an, I'm a master organ. When we really own our gift, our excellence, even if it's our dream of excellence, even if it's like, oh my God, oh, I've always wanted to, but dot, 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 I'm 54. Like there is no, but dot, dot, dot. Like we can be anything at any time. You know, Google actors who became famous in their 70s, you know, like particularly for women, like turn on Netflix, turn on Hulu, turn on Amazon. Like you're going to see women of like a certain age who are like in their prime on TV, either for the first time or again, or in movies. It's like if the limiting belief that there is a time when you just can't tap into your authentic self, that's just, that's just. Bullshit. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm just gonna say it. That's lazy ass bullshit. You need a coach. <laughs> like, get a coach because that's not true. I love that's it so much. I was gonna say when you were like, like, like listing off all the I am statements, and mine was like, I am a strong, independent woman. Then I felt like because that's like totally how I resonate and identify. But then it was interesting because I didn't feel the need to say, but I needed. I felt the need to say, and I'm in a committed relationship. Because I feel like sometimes yeah. those two things don't necessarily identify as being together. And I want to like add that, like. But your butt, the reason, your butt. <laughs> my butt. <laughs> the reason you don't need a butt, you have a butt. But the reason you don't need a butt with a one T is because you know both things are true at the same time. Yes, they can exist together. Some of us say butt because we feel that the relationship undermines it. Because yes. we're in our primal brain. Yes. Like yeah. I was working with someone who was like, I'm, my coaching business is blowing up. And I was like, well, that's amazing. And I'm like, well, and she's like, but yeah, I'm not going to retire my husband, even though he makes less than I do. And it was like, oh, why are all these things? It was interesting. And we ended up coaching on it because she was like, I don't even know why I just said that. Yeah, fascinating, right? How we feel the need to say, but, and take it down a notch. It's like, right. wait a minute. Right. So why do you need your husband's salary, even though it's obvious that you have a thing with him earning less? Like, what does earning oh. less even mean? Yeah. What is that? Like, is it like, he sh would you say, I'm married to a man, but he's shorter than I am? Yeah. Would you like, say that? Yeah. No. Totally. No. Like, no, like, why does that, what? Like, why would you ever even know? Yeah. Oh my God. We could just keep talking all day. 
I know. So good. I know. All right. So tell everyone where they can find you if they want to come hang out with you and explore you and the amazing work that you do in the world. Okay. So I have not reached the, the level of organization and badassness um, of Zena because she has her awesome podcast. I have podcast dreams and they will come true, but I don't have one yet. Um, but I do have a Facebook page and it's mom coach Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. And I have an Instagram at mom coach Michelle. And my website is www.michellerunnels.com and Runnels is spelled R U. N-N-E-L-S, like tunnels with an R. So michellerunnels.com. Amazing. And I'm going to get all of those links off you so I can put them in the show notes for everyone so they can connect with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love you so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. Have a cool day. Yay. Me too. Thank you. I love it when I go there. Hey, if you are loving everything you are hearing here on the podcast, and you are ready to create a bigger life, a life with more love, joy, and freedom, then I want to personally invite you to join me on a Zoom call where we can explore what it will look like to have me in your corner, helping you apply the coaching tools that you are learning here on the podcast to your life. Come on over to xenajones.com, that's X-E-N-A, J-O-N-E-S dot com and book your free call today.